Welcome to Elemental Whispers, a podcast dedicated to creating pathways of remembrance through the sharing of personal experiences and real-life sacred stories of working with the community of other world beings for healing, growth, and joyful enchantment. I'm Diamira Rose D'Agostino, and this is my gift to you, a podcast that is really meant to be a doorway. May it illuminate this pathway of magical remembrance. May its medicine of enchantment guide you in your elemental journey of soul, earth, and spirit. A dear friend of mine who, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've already met her. You probably love her. She and I have had many an expansive conversation lately about this idea that he started out as a little sparkle and eventually grew into a great jewel that we're holding really sacred and magical and close to our heart. And that is that we want to do a regular feature on the Elemental Whispers podcast with the two of us. So now you're wondering who is the two of us? And it would probably have already said in the title, but the two of us is me, moi, Diamira, and Alexandria Shiarapa. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> so we know how much you have enjoyed the conversations that Alex and I have had. And so this is an experiment. And right now the energy is one of two soul sisters coming together for a regular tea and hopefully weaving some magical jewels of conversation. But we're just rolling with it and we're really excited. Alex, would you like to say anything? I mean, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like it's going to be like uh, joining Diamir and Alex in conversation. And so I love the idea of it feeling really raw and authentic, and it might feel a little bit different than some of your other episodes. And I think that makes it fun. And I just love our conversation so much. I'm really excited to see what we weave together and what comes forward. My intention is to inspire people and um, bring laughter and joy and also just deep thinking. So that's kind of where I'm coming with my heart intention. I, you know, Alex, uh, the one thing I want to say about us as I'm having this love fest, love affair in this moment is that you know once in a while you meet somebody that you just naturally vibe with i mean it's more than naturally vibe it's a full-on soul sister connection to where even when we're describing things to each other that are somewhat intangible somewhat they could be esoteric they could be mystical we tend to somehow use the same language or even if it's not the same wording whatever the codes are that we transmit to one another it's exactly the same soul language and so because of that rapport that we have with each other and fun tip we've actually never met in person i know can you believe it it's some it's wild because i feel like i've just known forever uh, yeah, it's going to be it, wild when we do meet in person. It's, I am counting the days. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I think that for today, what I think we are feeling like talking about because of the season when we're recording it, which is uh, mid-November, Alex and I have been in this dreaming space of dreaming and visioning. And so we wanted to bring this conversation to you all and explore it from multiple facets. So do you want to start with sharing what happened right before we got on the call? We were thinking about um, what we were going to share and we both were 
saying that it should be dreaming and visioning. When we agreed that that's what we were going to talk about, a little spider came down into my kitchen in front of my dreaming, visioning map that I have in my kitchen. And it was just like this exclamation of like, yes, that's what we should share. The weaving is happening. Yeah. And I think that that's a word that you and I both use a lot. And, and to me, there's no other word to really encapsulate that energetic and that transmission of what we're really doing, which seems to be, especially in terms of creation, whether we're weaving essences, as we talk about, or whether we're weaving a creation like Alex and I are doing right now, I see these little threads of light going out from my fingers and my heart and my womb space and just beginning to interact and alchemize with the threads of creation. And if somebody else is involved, I almost see threads magical little strings of light, ribbons of light coming out from them. And then it's that intersection of those beautiful colored ribbons and where they intersect and braid together that creates this gorgeous web. And it really is this synergistic expression, like one plus one equals 10. And so that's the weaving. We are talking about dream weaving today. I feel like what we've been talking about is we've been interested in the process of the dreaming. And what does that process look like for each one of us? And I had never really thought about this until you posed the question. You know, for some people, well, we won't call anybody out in terms of astrological sign, which I was just going to, but- I'm cracking up seeing you do that. (laughs) And they, dream in these watery realms. Oh, did I just give something away? They dream in these watery realms and they have these potent, um, tactile, sensory, pictorial images coming through and they will sometimes share them. Sometimes they keep them close to the heart, but it's as if they stay hidden in this watery cocoon forever and they never see the light of day. And I'm a dreamer, but I don't relate to that at all because even though I might dream and maybe only 20% of my dreams actually see the light of day, I do indeed, for anybody that (laughs) knows me and my world, you know that I'm always bringing things into matter. I'm always bringing things into this physical realm and that inspires me. I actually feel fueled and it actually feeds me to bring through inspired creations. And that could be in the business. It could be collabs with friends like we're doing right now. I cannot tell you how inspired this was. It was almost this light bulb that went off kind of a duh moment. What's so funny is I had the same light bulb go off. Dia Mira and I shall weave on a regular occasion on her podcast platform. And, but I mean, it's hard to put yourself out there. What am I supposed to say? Hey, Dia Mira, hey, can you invite me on your podcast once a month? Wouldn't that be fun? But I had that same light bulb go off. And then Dia Mira reached out to me and asked me that, which I guess kind of brings us back to... um dreaming and visioning. I'm fascinated by the reverberation of when you're co-weaving with somebody, there's this field of resonance that probably needs to be there. And the fact that you and I literally without having talked to each other had the exact same magical light bulb go off. We were inspired and lit up in in the exact same way from the exact same thing. Like to me, that means that we are, there is this resonance, this field of resonance between you and I. And so whether we act on it or not, but that's just very fascinating to me because I have had a lot of um, heartbreak around collaboration and a lot of letdown around collaboration where I've gotten really excited about coming together and creating something. And then for one reason or another, it did not work out. 
I'm really feeling alive with what you were just saying, almost that resonance piece, because it feels like a holographic fractal. And it actually reminds me of flower essences in a lot of ways, where you feel like there's this synchronicity and this fractal where it's another side of the coin. It reminds me of when you take a chandelier crystal and you just like tilt it and then there's rainbows everywhere in the light. It That's what it reminds me when you have this resonance with someone else where it's just one tilt and then there's this connect in. And I think that a lot of people have had a lot of heartbreak around collaboration. And if not in collaboration in a business form, but collaboration in a, a friendship or a relationship or a partnership, I think we've all moved or can feel that heart pain in some way. And I think that that, you know, it's the choice of like, do you continue to show up and keep your heart open to that resonance and have that discernment with that resonance of who you're co-weaving with, closing off your heart? Um, and I think that's all a journey in itself. And I also just keep on hearing the flower essences while I'm saying that because I feel like flower essences can help a co-weaving, that fractal resonance, because they they naturally create this attunement with your energy frequency. We've talked about this before, where I love where you've mentioned that they can help speed up synchronicities. So you can almost see things faster. Um, so that's what's coming forward for me. Say more about that, about um, the flower essence piece and yeah. working with them in terms of weaving. Yeah. I feel like I've always been, when I've flower essences I feel like that's something that I've always done the sense of when I want to work on an issue that's presenting but I feel like I'm in this new space of really feeling called to work with flowers when it comes to dreaming and visioning I don't know if I've ever really done that fully I've more of been like okay I'm having a really hard time with x y and z in the 3d realm or here's a pattern or a shadow that I really want to explore and see why that's coming up comes to dreaming and visioning, I feel like this is like this new stage that I've arrived at and this new unfolding that I'm like, whoa, this is actually really cool. It's just so amazing how many layers you can work with flower essences, right? Like if you're having like just a hard day or you're feeling raw or unnourished, you can work in these 3D realms. But you can also work in these really expansive realms of, I want to, I have a heart jewel and a heart dream and a heart vision. And I, it's so vulnerable and it's, you know, it's a baby in my heart. And how do I hold that and also be open to that blooming at its own pace and it's, and letting people who are at the right resonance come in to help support that. And I mean, what better way to do that with flowers? I don't know why I've never thought about this before <laughs> because flowers really help attune you and then bring in a frequency that helps support you. Um, so that's what's really coming forward when I'm thinking about that. I'm super excited to see what happens because I feel like this is like the time of the year that I really like to vision and dream. And so I'm really excited to kind of unfold that and step more into how that's even going to look. Yeah. So the one that really came forward as you were just talking is not a flower essence at all and it's the lady of the woods which unfortunately for all of you is no longer available because it was part of the elemental whispers essences collection so i apologize um but she her medicine actually you know she actually holds and curates three ley lines and one on the energetic and two on the etheric level and so she holds this big 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 energy and so the way that i worked with her essence oftentimes was as helping me hold a dream helping me hold a dream and and helping me contain the dream and not let the dream birth before it's time so letting it grow and build and cook and expand and then billow out and birth at the right and perfect time and being able to hold and tend to the pressure uh, up until that point so that's what's coming forward uh, lady of the woods is just so strong right now i can't actually see any other essences so you'll have to come in and maybe add your own ideas of those but uh what i was seeing is imagine flower essences magnifying and somehow when you introduce the frequency of the essence they actually magnify your field of resonance and so 
if if they're magnifying, this could work really beautiful with dreaming because when that which within you is magnified and and so now, for example, if you're collaborating, if you're seeking to collaborate, your field is expanded. So you're seen and that frequency goes out more, which is really beautiful for, I think, light workers and medicine people. I mean, we were just having this conversation earlier, this, this push-pull between hiding our gifts and this the whole conversation around that even being like an energy of hoarding and greed um but also as it magnifies the universe the field is able to respond to you and going back to the synchronicity piece and draw things into your field what also of course happens. this goes back to the shadow i'm like are do we always go back there but we do i think <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just because we're we still in scorpionic maybe because Bye. we're in scorpionic and we both have a deep connection to pluto in our charts exactly <laughs> so we can't we can't really help ourselves but uh so you know bear with us but basically i feel like what it also magnifies is anything that is not in resonance with that dream vision so anything in your field that is out of alignment with whatever that beautiful dream vision is that you're creating now that gets magnified too so that you can see it address it hold space for it bring awareness to it bring love to it and hopefully it it vibrates out of the field um i'm saying that as if it just happens like that and sometimes it it, it actually doesn't <laughs> No, it does not. <laughs> oh, goodness. But um, yeah, that okay. was just the, the image that I was getting as you were talking about. That. I, I love the image of Lady of the Woods. I'm so thankful that she's in my collection because she decided to come to me at some point into my apothecary. And so I at least have a little bottle of her. <laughs> a little. Um, something that was coming forward for me that a flower that just keeps wanting to be spoken about is cacao. Cacao, cacao, cacao. Um, I mean, she's such a deep, deep ally of mine. Dear Mira knows this. I, I'm always talking about cacao, but I've only recently started working with her since because it's actually kind of hard to find her in flower essence form. I've only been able to find her in, in two or three apothecaries. Um, and something that is just speaking around the visioning part is, well, one, cacao is just so sacred. She's a teacher plant. She has such an beautiful long lineage connected to visioning dreaming um magic um but the other thing is that she's all about nourishment you know if we're not nourished and all of our needs aren't being met then how can you dream how can you vision how are you in your power to even broadcast that and so she really helps to come in and show you what is maybe lacking in your life and to help clear what's in the way of um, that nourishment. And she really likes to focus on these foundations, which is what I'm currently focusing on. Like the very basics, especially in the season of motherhood that I'm in is sleep. Alex, go to sleep. <laughs> you know, food that we're eating every meal, water, moving your body, going outside. And so when you're fully nourished in those ways and you have all these needs met, then you can really, um, I feel like tap into a more anchored and she's so anchoring because she's so, you know, into that root chakra energy that you can really tap in to your visions and dream in an anchored way and maybe not necessarily in a um, desperation way or a greed way or um, some of those shadows, she helps to really let you be in your own power and your own essence. And that's what I'm really finding with working with her. And she's also just so beautiful. I feel like to work with, with this time of year, because, you know, just the connection to, um, being everything being cold and drinking like a warm cup of cacao, but also like, you know, she has that connection to chocolate, hot chocolate, <laughs> just being um, cozy and warm. And she's so nourishing. She's a superfood and she brings you into the heart. And when it's cold in the winter, um, coming into the heart and visioning. So she's just one that was really stepping forward around this nourishment piece around the body and how that has to be nourished really to see these other 
visions. And we've talked about that before with like the lower chakras, really having that in place. Um, Cause it's so easy. I feel like for so many people in the realms that we weave in to just be up in our higher chakras um, and to really work on that lower base. And she really helps you get that in line. And sometimes we just, we don't want to deal. We're like, what sleep food? <laughs> Why bother? I'll just run off my adrenals or whatever that is. Um, and I don't know if that's really an, a place to be dreamy envisioning from not that people can't dream and vision from any place they want to, but it just allows for more expansiveness and allows, I feel like in some ways it almost feels like a little Capricorn, you know what I mean? Like, like put the foundations and, but in a nourishing way, in this like nourishing, loving, loving way. A lot of people view her as, you know, mama cacao, but to, to me, she's very much this silvery, beautiful, cosmic grandmother and bringing this nourishment forward of, you know, that, that divinity cosmic voice of uh, take care of your needs first, because if you can't, it's hard to be dreaming and visioning when you have an empty cup, you can, but it, you really need to have a full cup and fully nourished. Yeah. Some of the best gifts that I got from recent painful experiences around, I will call it failure collaborations, mistaken collaborations. And I mean mistaken because um, the gifts is that I learned it is so important to be looking at what your come from is. Where are you coming from in terms of collaboration? And if you're coming from a place of quote unquote, a full cup, it's a very different energy where you're able to meet somebody in sovereignty, each each other's sovereignty. You're able to honor and respect each person's energy, contribution and gifts, but you're also able to really anchor in the place of, I'm not coming from a place of need, I don't need this to fill some empty place, some void within me, some void of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, collaborate with me because I, me being me on my own is not enough. All of those things that I saw for myself, I was playing out in different partnerships and collaborations. And it sounds like that is what you're speaking to in, in terms of cacao. And you mentioned like there's something that she helps you be able to ground it in. And I think that that's what I was talking about. We have the expanded vision up here. So whether we wanna call that the watery energy of being able to dream, or we even wanna call that the fiery visionary energy of Sagittarius, for example. But if we don't bring it down into the lower chakras, into the earth, to ground it in matter, then we never have physicality around our dreams. They never become anything. They just always stay up here. You know, I was just seeing this the other day, this natural gradual process. I was in terms of the zodiac and how it moves. And I was thinking how Scorpio season allows you to plunge the depths to clean all that muck out and really get in there and do that rotorootering, uncomfortable <laughs> scouring. Yes. <laughs> painful, painful, <laughs> painful excavation. And then after that, you're able to soar the heights and really get up there with vision because you're no longer weighted down. You've cleaned all that garbage out and you can really soar and expand. But then, like you said, then after Sagittarius comes Capricorn, which allows you to root down. And Capricorn is an earth sign. So we have that earthiness. But also, most people always associate Capricorn with the goat that climbs the mountain, but Capricorn is actually a sea goat. It has the tail. And so Capricorn actually can go very deep and be that very feminine depth. It's actually a feminine sign. I never realized that before because I always think of Capricorn. I associate it with a masculine energy, but it's actually a feminine sign and it can root down, but I don't see it rooting like Scorpio. It's a very different energy of making things matter, making things into earth, making things into 
reality. Like that's how I see Capricorn and Capricorn is not a fly by night making it into reality. Capricorn is like, let's do the work. Let's really put in the hours, aligned hours, hours that are aligned with our inner authority and integrity, but hours nonetheless, and make these dreams a reality. Um, something else that's coming forward as you're speaking, all of that is cacao is like saying this other piece of, you know, when we are nourished and we can build those foundations and we can come from the heart, there's a level of protection that comes from that. And not that we have to move into protection, but there's something about that. Like when you think of a building that has a great foundation, it has a level of stability. It has a level that can hold, it has a container. And the same thing when you are nourished and you are anchored in your nourishment and your needs and these lower chakras, there is a, and you're coming from a place of, I have everything already. I, my cup is full. It's, I don't want to call it a shield and you understand my transmission. I know <laughs> it feels like, you know, it almost just feels like your energetic field is so stable and strong that if you take a hit, you're not going to go down. Whether the hit is like someone says something to you, you're not going to take it as personally. Um, it's not going to take you down. Whereas I think sometimes when we don't have those things in place, we can take things really personally and we can get really taken down when it actually has nothing to do with us, has something to do with the other person. Because cacao is known as being very protective. And so she's definitely shown me that when you are in your full nourishment and you're in your heart, I mean, you're just, and again, I'm not trying to come from a place that we need to be protected, but it's more of a place of strength, inner strength, inner divine strength of the heart and of the heart connecting the lower chakras to the upper chakras. Cause she's also very connected to that star cosmic um, chakra. And so there's this level of, you know what I'm saying, Amira. <laughs> yes. Amira inter interprets my transmissions. <laughs> I, I do know what you're saying, and I don't think it requires interpretation. I actually think it was quite clear <laughs> from where oh, I'm good. sitting and listening. <laughs> and what was coming to me as you were talking was you know, you were talking about this theme of protection and with this strengthening of the energy field. Have you noticed, have you observed that over the last three to five years that people seem to be more destabilized? They seem to be more ungrounded. You know, before ungrounded was something that people attributed to the escapist uh, spirituality circle, right? Now you see so many people being destabilized in their nervous system. And what the other thing that was coming to me that's kind of part of this is around intuition versus the mind. And what I mean is that years ago, especially when I would be teaching classes, I would just say to people, you know, you just have to trust yourself. You just have to listen to yourself. But what I find more and more is that that's actually not true as much anymore. It is and it isn't. There's a caveat because now people are so destabilized. They're so up here, ungrounded and up here in their head or coming from trauma that what they're listening to is not their intuition. They're listening to the airwaves of the collective, they're listening to their mind in their incessant spirals. And because of that, I find, and this goes hand in hand with the dreams, like before I would just say, what is your heart saying? You know, what is the dream of your heart? But now it's like, you have to go through so much more work to even get people where they can come into their own bodies and hearts and feel what their dream is. And I don't know, have you noticed that? I've definitely noticed that. And I think that's a really good observation. And I actually like something that was coming forward as you're saying that is, I really feel like that's what's meant to be happening. <laughs> because I feel like it's this turning point for us as a collective, that we have to wake up and realize 
one coming into discernment and understanding what discernment is and getting really clear on the practice of discernment. But two, we're not meant to live life just alone and to just weave life alone. We're meant to co-weave. And I don't mean just co-weave with people. I mean, co-weave with spirit. And so I think it's pushing people to that point of pain. Cause a lot of times we don't change unless we're in pain. And so it's that push into pain of all of the things of hopelessness of destabilization to try to get people to come into this place of um, reconnecting to Gaia, reconnecting to the heartbeat of Gaia, reconnecting to that heartbeat of spirit and, and, and really seeing how you can co-weave. I mean, I'm going to go back to the flowers because I feel like the flowers are flower essences really are, I feel like one of the most accessible ways that people can enter into the spirit realms and co-weaving in, I would say, dare to say the safest way, because, you know, you don't just, just go jump into the spirit realms and start co-weaving with spirit realms, but the flowers really hold you because they really attune your energy. So they allow you to start with you first. And then if people want to eventually get to consciously really weaving with a flower spirit, a lot of times I feel like flowers will take you to a place where you find the right teacher to help you do that. Or you find a practitioner that helps you enter those realms and then passes you off to a teacher that can help you dive more into those realms. But, and I'm not saying everyone's meant to go out and become like spirit workers. I'm just saying that there's a part that I feel like we're really being pushed in our collective. And I think this is going to happen over hundreds of years for us to come into this co-weaving with spirit, with, with Gaia's heart jewel, with the heartbeat of Gaia and this more conscious um, back and forth breathing and dance. When you talk about the co-weaving, I'm really glad that we're speaking to this because it's something that I've wanted to bring forward for a long time is I think the modern mind is that we have, especially in the States, um, is that we have this whole idea of independence and me, I, right, that, that I can do it energy and Yet you look at all of nature and all of nature reflects to you that that's actually a farce. It doesn't exist. All of nature is interdependent. Nothing exists in isolation. It's all interdependent. Every single thing, every single thing in the web of life. And so to me, when nature began to reflect that to me, and I can't tell you how many chuckles and chortles I would hear from the spirit realm around how funny they actually find us, you know, and bless them for their patience because uh, they, they actually find us quite hilarious that we have this idea wrapped that we can be independent. I was sitting on my friend, my friend's mountain. Well, it's not her mountain, but it, she lives on top of the mountain. And I was sitting with her and another friend. There were the three of us and we were sitting and we were actually, this is a, a very um, sacred story. I'm not going to show the whole thing, but basically we we're sitting and we were communing with one of the original dragon mothers of the entire dragon ridge that was waking up. The transmission that came through is that there were only seven original dragon mothers and that these mothers are so ancient that one inhale is equivalent to years. <laughs> I mean, we can't even really conceive of these beings with our minds. And I was sitting and communing with them. It was around this time of year, a couple years ago. And what came forward was this idea of oh they it's like there's been this safety mechanism built in 
to us. And the safety mechanism is that I have codes within me and we'll, we'll unpack what we mean when we say codes. I have codes or keys within me that may unlock one of your locks and you may have keys that might unlock somebody else's or mine or whatever. And it's like this co-weaving, not to mention that all of creation, and I'm just talking about the human race, but actually being in partnership with land and listening to land when it calls, whether it's land down the street or whether it's many, many miles away, land also has living codes in it, probably that we put there in other lifetimes, right? But land has living codes. And so when we walk, when our feet touch the land, the frequency opens up and touches our feet chakras and moves into our body. And it's this communion that happens. And it's the same thing that happens when we get in each other's field and we begin to share and transmit. And that's why certain teachers resonate with certain people and certain friends and all the things. And it's because we have these keys. And when I saw this whole beautiful network, I thought, oh my God, this is the safety mechanism built in because we can't do this alone. We, we can't awaken in a, in a vacuum, in isolation. We can't remember who we are by just sitting in um, a, a cave for a hundred years. Like we can't actually remember who we are. We actually have to interact with the world, with other humans, with other beings in this web of creation because they have keys to our locks. So as you're talking about this co-weaving, um, that's just what was coming forward really strongly. So yeah, I would just love to hear if you want to add anything to that. Um, the only thing I'm going to add is cacao's coming back in her wellness because she's very, very chatty. She's like, is this the only time I'm going to get to chat? Um, is I think both Diamir and I actually woke with Cacao before we got on this call. So I think maybe that's why she's so chatty. Um, yeah, she's totally, I was going to say, full disclosure, we were both drinking Cacao. So no. she's totally taken over this call. <laughs> she's taking over. She's <laughs> taking over the Cacao episode. <laughs> um, instead of tea time, it's Cacao time. Um, she is talking about, I hear her talking about that co-weaving. I love that, Diamir, around the different keys and codes that we have and coming together. And I think that's why it's so important that when our hearts get broken and we have these heartbreaks and we have these betrayal, these heart woundings within partnership, collaboration, friendships, relationships with the world is to find a way back into the heart. Because when we find a way back into the heart, what that naturally leads us to do is to go connect to other hearts. I've never seen someone find their way into their heart and then just go be off alone. <laughs> like when we're in our heart, we want to commune because our hearts are meant to commune with each other. They're meant to be in circle. We're all constellation. We're a huge constellation. And so, you know, when my heart lights up and then I interact with Diamira, it helps activate her heart to light up. If my heart is feeling a little dim flickering and Diamir's heart is super lit up it can help reignite and relight that kind of like a pilot light you know in your water heater or something you have to relight it and we can just like the codes of the keys we can reignite each other's hearts we can re-inspire and then we can once we're reignited sometimes that's what we need then we can find our own fire within and again coming into that heart we're allowed to find our own fire within and that's what cacao does that's what she's beautiful at doing is bringing us into the heart and it just feels like such an important piece because the heart is also where i feel our visions and dreams come from you know when we're in our heart then they're allowed to move up into our visioning when we're in our heart of all that is possible then we can really see clearly because you're seeing with the heart and the heart tells the truth the heart shows the way even if it you don't know which way to go it points you in a direction. It's still a mystery. It doesn't mean everything's now clear, um, but it points you in a direction. And when you're really in the heart, that's what I feel it does. And I feel like cacao helps to assist you doing that. Because sometimes it can be hard. You've had so much heartbreak. How do you come back into the heart?
You know, you mentioned that you think the dreams live in the heart. I feel that as well. And yet there's a little part of me that is also curious about, especially for women, do dreams also arise from the womb? And what does that look like? And so I just would love to explore this for a minute because when we talk about dreaming, uh, I know we never really spelled it out and what we're talking about. And it's, it's, it's very different for me. And I think for you too, Alex, is that we're not talking about like your, you know, the secret manifestation. That's not what we're talking about. We're literally talking about dreams that not night dreams, but dreams I can feel like your heart feels pregnant with emotion around something that feels so sacred and so magical. And it's almost as if you're having a love affair with it that, and you so want to bring it into this world to, to dance with it in a more tangible way. And it becomes this yearning and this soul desire. The way I see is Gaia, the earth, the sacred earth mother is dreaming. So she is dreaming this reality. And so rather than creating, which creating feels a little bit more active, it feels a little bit more with that masculine impulse and creating can be beautiful, but it also can be um, coming from a little bit of the mind and a little bit of the will force where dreaming feels almost this rising up of an an emanation it's a rising up and an emanation that literally births from one's being and that's how i see so as i'm saying this of gaia and she dreams this whole reality into being and so i've always seen it as how are we co-dreaming with her how are we co-dreaming or not and how are we we anti-dreaming with her, meaning that we're dreaming out of alignment with her dream. And how do we move back into alignment with her dream? You were talking about earlier, the heartbeat of Gaia and really coming back in and listening and dropping into her, her heartbeat. And I'm also thinking of Delphi and the ancient oracles that used to see the vapors of the earth mother up through them and those dream visions would come forward and come out so they're receiving it up through the yoni through the womb and they would come out and they would produce these oracular seeings in support of community and those who would come there to receive support and guidance and wisdom and in mo the modern day obviously we're not oracles in a temple at delphi any longer but and as we get closer to the winter solstice here I like to take time and I go into my winter solstice oracle cave and I will set up on my uh, sheepskin rug and with my specific crystal beings around me to hold that space, that grid, that frequency. And I will drop in to the sacred heart womb of Gaia and align my heart womb with her and begin to dream like how can my dreams realign and how can even dreams that i don't even know that i have like allowing her dreams that she has for me rise up and it's so weird if you've never experienced it i can see how somebody can be like oh you're letting some you know deity tell you what to do it's not like that at all it, it is a co-dreaming it's aligning to the soul of the planet which is also aligned with my own heart and soul and allowing yeah those emanations to rise up from me and then see how they want to express us as you were talking about the heart and i just wanted to bring the piece in about the womb and how there was this connection especially for women around the heart and the womb and dreaming I think that's an excellent point because I feel like I, I do feel like when it comes to visioning and dreaming, the three cauldrons are really involved, the three jewels, the womb, the heart, and the third eye, the crown. And the, I think it goes back to, again, that nourishment piece, you know, part of nourishment and cacao is just coming in again, <laughs> part of nourishment is receiving. and so learning to receive from yourself food, learning to receive 
sleep, that let self-care, that self-love of receiving from yourself, I think really helps to put a lot of mm, just weavings of love in the lower chakras of the womb. And really what receiving is, is pleasure. So you're receiving pleasure. You know, if you can't receive pleasure, how are you going to receive a dream that you're trying to birth in? Like we have to start real basic. And so someone I feel like might be weaving in those areas for a while before they move up. And I think that those areas, the lower chakra areas, the womb has to get really mm, juicy and excited and childlike and um have fun, but you have to be nourished to be in those spaces. I think it's really hard to, for a depleted person to be like, this is super fun. They're probably going to show up really bitter and jaded. So you have to be really full of your cup there. And then I feel like things rise up to the heart. And when they start to rise up to the heart, I think you move into more of a place that anything is possible. Because again, that heart space to me just feels like this cornerstone jewel that connects us all in a different way than our wounds. And then I think from there, once you're in the heart, it moves up to your third eye, which is then being able to see your vision more clear. And I feel like clarity starts to come there. So I feel like they all ignite each other. And I also say that today, I don't know how I'll feel about that tomorrow or in a year from now. Like I'm also journeying this. And so that's where I stand with that today. But, you know, our experiences change us. So right now that's how I feel. And I actually work with those jewels in my practice. I work, I call the womb, the beauty, and then the heart, the heart, and then the third eye, the vision. And so I help people move through those. Um, And that's a newer offering that I came up with. So that's just one of the reasons why I feel so connected to that. So I do love that you brought up the womb piece, because I think that's very true um, of dreams being born there or coming forward. But I think that it's also about receiving pleasure and um, having our needs met and this inner child play work that can come up. Do you think that nourishment is enough on its own? Or do you feel that the nourishment gives someone the strength to do the deeper healing work? And I'm just curious because I'm even thinking of like the herb ashwagandha. It's a beautiful plant that we will work with when you're actually so tired and so exhausted and so depleted that you can't go to sleep. And have you ever been so tired and you can't sleep? It's an adaptogenic plant that really helps us refuel is not the right word, but it helps us with our adrenal function, with the ability to actually have enough reserves so that we can actually sleep. So just curious about what your thoughts are. Yeah. I think what happens is nourishment brings us into an alignment that then leads us to further of the journey. So I think it brings us into like a stabilization place where we can then align to what we're looking to call in. It helps us get, again, that whole piece about people being super destabilized. I feel like it helps us get into a place of stabilizing and then it brings us into more alignment. So when you're stabilized and you're more full of your cup, then you're more able to then receive pleasure. So it brings you into that alignment of then receiving. That's what I think. I don't think it's enough on its own. I think it leads you further on the journey. And so we've been talking a lot about cacao and I know originally we mentioned cacao in essence form. And so for somebody who was like, okay, great, I get it. Nourishment may be a place I want to start. And what would you recommend? Not that we're making recommendations, but you know what I mean? What would you do? What would you, what would you tell your sister? What would I tell my sister? I mean, I would, I would probably see where they are because, you know, part of me would want to be like, oh, jump into flower essences. But I think you really, if you're moving to jump into flower essences, I think there has to be a level of commitment. You know, there has to be a level of, I'm going to commit to this. I think we're so in a day and age where we 
it's so easy to, and I can fall into this too, where I want to just take something to help with whatever. And you expect that fast, you know, return where flower essences do work very fast, but I feel like if you've never worked with flower essences before, there's an attunement process that happens. And I feel like it usually takes about two to three months before you really see that. The first month you'll start to see it, but a lot of this has to do with awareness. So it really depends on what your awareness practice is. So if someone wanted a really tangible, I would say ask around for a practitioner because that's always a great place to start is seeing a practitioner because then you have like a sounding wall. If say that's not in someone's budget, um, you know, if you were looking for an apothecary, but I find that, you know, if, I would say maybe, is there a plant that's calling you? Maybe start with herbs, plants, tea, um, start with something really accessible in that way, because a lot of this also is intention, but I also think that Again, having a practitioner in place can be really helpful at the beginning of the journey because I hear so many stories of people who try to do this on their own at the beginning and it just kind of falls apart. I think it just really depends on where you are in your journey. If you already have established relationship with plants, I feel like that's the easiest place to start. I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. Um, because, you know, we can see plants, they're tangible. If you have, you know, a nettle tea, it, you can see it, smell it, and it's very tangible. Um, when you're working with a flower essence, it can feel very different because there's not as much sensory that can go on with that when you first go to take it like you would a tea. And we've talked a lot about how a lot of our clients love sprays because <laughs> there's more sensory involved. <laughs> um, there's different apothecaries that you can start with that do have more sensory. If that's something that makes you feel like, okay, I really, I'm not in the budget to work with a practitioner but I really want to do this. There are certain apothecaries you can work with that have more sensory involvement with their flower essences if that's really calling to you. And that might be a way that helps you stay quote unquote more compliant on your journey when you first begin. So I do think that is a huge thing of people honestly um, jumping around, uh, not truly making a commitment to themselves, to the medicine, to the medicine journey, whatever modality they choose. And we're so conditioned to want everything. And, and, and if we didn't, we don't have it by yesterday, then for some reason it's not working and we're on to the next thing. And there's a medicine in commitment itself regardless of what modality. So we're talking about resonance at the beginning, whatever, it, there's no right or wrong. It's whatever the resonance, whatever is the loudest to you. And some medicines are way more serious than others. I mean, we're even talking about cacao, but both of us have gone through training and have been working with her. And even so I'm called to work with her personally. I am not called to she has not given me permission to carry her forward in ceremony with other people it doesn't mean i wouldn't share her with others in a more celebrational way i would work with other plants in ceremony that have given me that permission that i have that relationship with uh, she has not given me that permission so you know cacao she can be this beautiful heart medicine and if you've never worked with cacao i personally would do not recommend you just going out and like start buying and drinking cacao. So it's this dance of really listening, going back to trying to listen, what is getting your attention and then just choosing that. And depending on the seriousness of the medicine, making the right choices for you around, okay, if it's nourishing herbal infusions, like Susan Weed has brought us, bless her. And these are just nourishing herbs that you really can't overdose on them it's be like can you eat too many carrots i think is like she says no what's too many carrots so it's the same thing with nettle with oat straw or milky oats it's the same thing with potentially linden with red clover with these these plants that you can just take in and they nourish you they're really very beautiful to just drink as tonics whereas other things are more serious medicines and they really need the respect of a holding a container a practitioner um, something else that's coming forward as you're speaking is like if 
I, you know, if I were to say to someone, if someone had no idea where to start, you know, what I would probably say is I would probably say, doesn't need to be complicated. Just go out into nature and go for a walk. Because even if you live in a city, there should be some type of green space that you can walk through. (laughs) And I feel like when you start to move your body, it, it really can start to shift things. And I also feel like being in nature and having nature reflect to you if you start to do this practice and commit to that, there is something that starts to shift. I mean, they have hundreds of studies on forest bathing and all of the things, right? But I feel like a lot of people won't choose that option because it sounds too basic. And it sounds like, what is that going to do? And a lot of people want the thing. And it actually doesn't need to be that complicated. It could just be for a season, you commit to going to go walk in nature once a week and see what happens. And if you can then make that commitment, I guarantee you there will be some type of shift. All of a sudden you're walking in that walk for the, you know, the second month and you're like, nothing's freaking happening. Alex on this weird podcast told me that something was going to happen. Nothing's happening. And all of a sudden you're going to start to feel or hear something. You're going to feel your guidance, your inner guidance, because nature's going to attune you to your inner guidance. And you might run into someone who talks about an owl down the lane or or I was talking about nettles. You're going to start to get messages. And then you just keep following what feels in alignment and what you feel the pull to. And I also, after that point, the second point I want to um, second Diamira is cacao. Cacao, Cacao is a very potent potent teacher. And I agree with Diamira. She's not something that I would recommend to people just to jump out there and go be purchasing ceremonial cacao and just downing ceremonial cacao. She's very, very potent and powerful. I really feel um, that it's a great way to enter into her space is to find a beautiful teacher because she can have Um, There can be shadow sides of cacao where she can become addictive because she can bring you so into this beautiful heart space that if you're not working with her in the right, I don't want to say right way, if you're not working with her in an aligned way, then it can be intense because also what she does is she brings forward your heart shadows. And so if you're just working with her every day, um, it'll make you almost feel crazy because (laughs) if your heart shadows are being reflected to you and you don't have a proper container to work with this in, um, and even when I, both Yamira and I worked with Kakao, you know, there's a point in time where you might work with her every day, but you don't work with her every day for a whole year. You, um, you take breaks with working with her. Um, like you would with any friend, any, you know, any plant. And so that's why I love working with her essence because it's not working with her physical form. And so there's this other octave of her that I feel like is tapping into the more vibrational realms than all of the physical parts of her. So as we come to, I think, wind down this conversation, the couple things that I want to swirl and bullet point for people is first, what we're talking about is dreaming and visioning and why we're talking about that aside from the fact that it's the season of the the year time to talk about that for us is that dreams i'm gonna make a bold statement dreams are gonna save this planet dreams are gonna and not this planet because she's gonna be fine she's gonna be fine dreams are going to save the human race. And because I don't like the word save and savior and rescuer and all that, we can go down those rabbit holes, but I just mean it in a very clear way. Dreams are what is going to save the human race. And so if we allow ourselves to truly dream the dreams of our heart, not the dreams of the matrix, and those aren't even dreams, those are programs, those are stories, those are Um, keeping up with the Joneses. Those are all that manifestation bullshit. Honestly, Um, forget about it. Chuck it in the garbage. But the dreams of our heart will fuel seven generations to come. As they say, the dreams of our heart 
are literally the fuel, the food that hope is fed by. And so our we're talking about dreams, but in order to truly have those dreams and have them come to fruition, we need to be grounded. We need to be anchored in our bodies and we need to be nourished. And so there are a lot of pathways to nourishment, but there's this real invitation to just coming into a reflective, honest inventory of what do I need and where am I depleted mentally, physically, emotionally, and taking responsibility to make some changes there so that we can be strong in our systems, be nourished, and then so we can dream and bring our dreams into being so that we can literally change this world, so we can change this reality, so we can make the the dream that is the reality that we know exists in our hearts, one where there is beauty and love and enchantment and magic and authenticity and realness, all of that and so much more that is living. It's available to us. It's just that we have to shift our field of perception in order to anchor into it and be able to like literally attune our wavelength. So that's how I want to sum it up. And I will uh, hand it over to you for any last pieces you want to share. I'm just like leaning for the choir behind you to be like, oh, <laughs> that was so beautifully said. And as a triple Aries, I love bold Diamira. I love when you're bold. <laughs> I find it so much fun when other people are bold. Um, I would like to second your bold statement and say that I think dreams are what are going to keep us alive. And I also think dreams are what is going to bring our collective consciousness into a completely different plane of existence. And that's my two bold statements. I feel like you said everything else beautifully. And I I think that it's our birthright to dream. And it's our birthright to dream from a place where we are nourished and from our heart and our vision. And it's a birthright to dream beauty into the world. It's one of the most sacred prayers you can do. Thank you so much. And thank you all for really witnessing this co-weaving of this dream that has arisen between Alex and me. And if you have enjoyed this, please let us know. We would love a review. You know how to do that. You also know how to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know how to do all the things that would really just nourish us and feel like that reciprocal um, prayer of, of reciprocity and appreciation that we will openly and gladly receive um, for you having enjoyed this tea time and conversation. So we love you guys. Signing off. (laughs) XO, bye. Thank you so much for gathering with me in this space. I am clearly on a mission to re-enchant the world through these mythic story weavings and sharing of these expansive and thought-provoking topics. So Let me ask you, have you ever felt the swirling of remembrance in your heart, as if the mystery of life is whispering to you? If so, you might relish my book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It's an epic memoir that will take you on a mystical journey of remembrance. From the mountains and jungles of Peru, to the sacred hills and wells of Avalon, to a mysterious island in northernmost Scotland. This book is an odyssey encoded with living myth, magic, and mystery. It's a tale of healing, synthesis, and becoming. But it's not just my story. 
It's a story that resonates with the human condition. Our struggles, our triumphs, and for those of us who feel an inexplicable but very palpable connection to fairy. I invite you to immerse yourself in this transformative adventure to explore the depths of your own soul as you journey alongside me. So, my dear listeners, I encourage you to visit my website at diamirarose.com to find out more about the book or hop over to wherever you purchase your books and get your copy today. Thank you so much for being a part of the Elemental Whispers community. Stay tuned for more enchanting stories and encoded transmissions. Until next time, may your path be filled with blessings and the wisdom of this world.